As a former patient, I can definitively say Ian Heron is a terrible therapist and no one should go see him. That's why I've hacked into his personal cloud to release his private therapy sessions, so now everyone can hear what a selfish, misguided, idiotic, pretentious dickwad he really is. You can help me run Ian out of business by subscribing and leaving us a nice review. Now, let's start the show. Test, test, test. Nana in Nebraska never needs to know nothing about my nerdy, naked, narrow nipples negotiating the neighborhoods of Naples nine never members ago. Nana in Nebraska never needs to know nothing about my nerdy, naked, narrow nipples negotiating the neighborhoods of Naples nine Novembers ago. All right, the microphone seems to be working. It is 11.08 a.m. on a Sunday. I'm getting ready to meet with my client, Spud Favreau. Oh, my gosh. I do have a little bit of an ESPN crush. Spud has been working for ESPN. It's just, it's a fascinating client to talk to. I'm so excited for today. But before that, just a little bit of time for a self-check-in. How am I doing? What's going on with me? You know, I did a uh, an automated uh, customer service thing where I don't really like this, but they that you have the self checkout of sorts where you you don't you don't see somebody and you just take all your stuff over to the register and checks you out, and that's fine, I guess. But afterwards, uh, literally, I got home and I had an email that wanted me to take a two minute survey about my customer service experience. But I was my customer service experience. I did it for myself. So I don't know what I was responding to other than me. And there are just like too many of these surveys now. And that's like, I don't need to take a survey over somebody I didn't interact with. But that said, you know, maybe, maybe I should start doing an automated survey with my patients. Maybe that is like just the way of the world. So I think at the end of today's session, I'm going to ask Spud to stick around just take an automated survey about my my therapy for today. Oh, is that you? Hello. Hey, Spud, come on in. Welcome, friend. Hello, Ian Heron. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Spud. Oh, gosh, you got that. You got that on air chemistry right away. It's like you're just rolling. Well, live from New York City, I am here to work out my problems. So very glad to be here. And thank you so much for having me. My pleasure to have you, Spud. Oh, my God. Do you, do you live from New York? That's a good catchphrase for you. Have you ever thought about using that on to start your show off? Oh, believe me, I have tried many times, and the might of Disney's lawyers should be good enough to wretch it from the greedy, greedy hands of NBC Universal any day now. But it hasn't happened. I guess, not just yet. Not just yet. Mm, you could do ABC things, right? D- Disney owns ABC. That is correct. Yes. Uh, what's that? Modern Family doesn't really have a catchphrase, but you could you could hum that little da 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 da. That is true, and you know I have always wished that every show like Saturday Night Live had some kind of announcement from someone breaking character, telling you what the show is. <laughs> like live from Albuquerque, it's Better Call Saul on AMC. You that know, if Bob Odenkirk did that, I'd feel a lot better about watching the show. That would be great. Ah, oh, AMC also not owned by Disney. Oh gosh. No. I, I think of Disney as owning so much, and yet when you really think about the unlimited possibilities of content, there's so much they don't own. 
No, and so that's why I support the continued conglomeration of every single company under Disney so that, you know, although we may have less choices in what we get to buy or purchase or watch, you could see your favorite character from Abbott Elementary mm. hang out with your favorite character from Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. A, a show that is no longer on with a show that is currently very hot. I, I see what true. you did, Spud. Okay. All right. Uh, I never thought of you as like a Ready Player One type of guy, but I guess you I guess you do really like the merging of worlds. Well, as you know, I am, of course, uh, the uh, first award season commentator award on season, ESPN. Yes. Yes. And so I am just a fiend and a freak for all kinds of entertainment. And, you know, if if only the characters from CODA, I, I sit there and I wonder what would happen if the characters from CODA met the characters for the power of the dog. And without conglomeration, it's just not possible. I I don't think anybody else has ever wondered about that particular cross-pollination spud, but I appreciate I appreciate that about you. A fiend, you say, a fiend right. for awards. I, That's right. I, I you know, just uh, you know, being your therapist, I do like to talk about the language we use to describe ourselves. And, and I haven't I haven't heard you go that particularly dark to describe what you do. A fiend for award-winning or award-nominated content. Uh, can you talk more about that, Spud? Well, absolutely. You know, all of my colleagues, of course, on ESPN, they're more focused on on sports, uh, you know, in the in their shows. But when I come on between 2.15 and 3.15 in the morning, I get to shift it over to the award season content. And let me tell you this. They are very, very aggressive about their support of sports teams. So I feel I have to match that energy. You know, I have to, you know, like. Like, try to incite a riot uh, whenever my prefer, you know, when Judas and the Black Messiah did not win Best Picture a couple of years ago, I really tried to make it like, you know, when your favorite sports team doesn't win the World Series, you know, I just tried to take to the streets and, and destroy as many things as possible, um, which actually, you know, thematically lines up with the violent resistance that occurs in that film. Uh, not was, intentional, uh, uh, but that's okay. what I try to do. Not intentional, okay. So you're just one white man trying trying to cause a riot by yourself on top of a car screaming Judas and the black Messiah. This is, this is what I see as advocacy, you know, this uh -huh. is, uh, and not again, not for the causes featured within the film. That to me is a separate issue, but just for the fact that that was the best film of the year, everybody knew it. And right. that was what I needed to let the world know. Right. Well, what about, what about when you do get your way? I remember you were a big million dollar baby fan. That must've been a big year for you. It I mean, was what a about very big you... year. And let me tell you, it's the same thing. It's just aggressive male, you know, violence, uh, you know, riots in the streets are kind of my answer to winning or losing i think it's uh you know just 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 kind of my mo okay so you're just a one-man riot every academy awards night no matter the outcome regardless of outcome you're going to be out there mad or happy about something how can you yes. tell if you're mad or if you're happy is there a tell um, I would say just the, the sort of way in which I'm destroying things. Uh, when I'm happy, I'm accidentally destroying things. I'm, I'm roaming through the streets. I'm jumping through windows. I'm, you know, just sort of like gleefully throwing my body around mm. and there's collateral damage. When I'm angry, I am, you know, smashing through windows instead of simply jumping through them. Although the effect for the shopkeeper is pretty much identical. I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know that you distinguish it enough for me there. Uh, okay. Uh, Spud, 
well, first of all, I, something I've just always just this is this shouldn't be a part of our therapy because this is so unimportant, but it's just a it's it's sticking with me. Two fifteen to three fifteen. Why That's the fifteens? Right. Why not um, on a thirty? Why not on the hour? Well, uh, I believe that there is some kind of agreement uh, between uh, Disney, ESPN, and uh, well, they they told me there are ESPN affiliates that need that uh, 15 minutes at this top of the two o'clock hour. Now I looked it up and I realized that only networks, not cable uh, programs, have affiliates uh, to reckon with, and yet uh, that continues to be the excuse they tell me. Uh, from two two a.m. to two fifteen, it seems as though you know they got to make room for the Sham Wow and other such relevant products of 2022. Paid advertising of sorts yes. uh, uh, that they're that they are treating as if it's network advertising. Okay. Uh, uh, well, that uh, that that's I mean, that's got to feel belittling, I would imagine. But I mean, I, you have to you have to treat your content like it's number one. And yet here you are after the ShamWow. Yeah, I mean, there is a sort of uh, feeling of what is this man doing here? Why is he talking about the intricacies of award season on a sporting network? Mm-hmm. Um, and I am constantly having to prove myself. Um, you may recall you know, uh, Conan O'Brien used to be on like six week contracts. Um, boy, oh boy, our show would kill for those six week contracts. <laughs> we get an update every night about whether the show has been canceled or not. Really? The next day. That's right. That's right. Wow. And, but you're still going. It seems like it's mostly renewed. It, it has been renewed thus far, um, but did, it is touch and go every did, night. And did the show uh, ever also- have a... No, I'm just, sorry. They, I was just going to say they also have live feed of viewership, like playing directly underneath the camera. So <laughs> if I say something that our audience doesn't like, I get to immediately witness it sort of falling apart. And then there's a threshold at which show gets canceled if it if the number lands under that line. So it's it's a high stress, that high stakes environment. Stress. But then again, so is the incredibly competitive world of award season. So I love it. <laughs> Well, you brought it right back. Wow, you are, really are a professional announcer. You brought it right back to the theme of the show. Um, uh, uh, okay, so okay, so you can literally see what's working and what isn't working. Uh, oh, how how big is this audience? Like, how many people are you reaching? And then what uh, what will make them engage or disengage from the shows? But like, have you problem solved for yourself what you need to do going forward to give yourself a little bit more consistency? Well, uh, thankfully, there are still a a great number of insomniacs and uh, people who uh, have fallen asleep without turning off the television uh, to make our viewership, you know, in the high tens of thousands, uh, somewhere between uh, the problem with Jon Stewart and Gutfeld um, in terms of comparable uh, cable programs. So we figure, you know, uh, that is a victory in and of itself. And, and, you know, when you remember, of course, Nielsen ratings, uh, they, rate, they rate it based on a percentage of what people are watching at that time. So it's not necessarily about absolute numbers, but what slice of the pie you have. And we right. have, you know, that's hundred, that, that tens of thousands of people is 25% of people who are watching at 2.15 in the morning. So wow. we take our victories uh, where we find that them. That is pretty big. But it must be hard to play to an audience that is half fully asleep uh, and, and not in control of the and half cannot possibly fall asleep. That's got to be a tough Venn diagram to know how to appeal to both. Right. Well, it's definitely, you know, and the trouble is 
that the people who are the people who are struggling to fall asleep they want to fall asleep so if we make the show entertaining exciting engaging then that number goes way down because they're like hey man they have like a little dial that, that they send them and yeah. they just they, they turn the dial down and they say oh no this is terrible I'm trying to fall asleep and you're engaging me so we have to make the show as boring and you know lulling as possible in order to achieve success you're engaging them but somebody did also send them a dial that they have to constantly keep turning uh so it's but don't be too hard on yourself it sounds like they, they might have some other problems there uh okay um and, and so for you the content that you find uh, uh peacefully puts people to sleep is toxic masculinity talking about movies well yeah absolutely and, and i think the way that i've received this feedback myself that you know something about me talking about movies for an extended period of time just makes people want to stop listening so i yeah. find that the more passionate that i get and the more insistent that i get you know that that la la land should have won best picture that that was the right outcome and they should never were, have revealed that moonlight really won i was gonna uh, say you were responsible for that envelope weren't you spud that's, that's what right I, heard. I had yeah. i was you know because of the uh sort of synergy uh espn people got to hang out with the price waterhouse cooper's uh accountants backstage and boy oh boy did i engage them in distracting conversation where i slipped one envelope to the other in hopes that the film that brought hollywood musicals back would finally succeed uh but i was thwarted unfortunately right uh oh boy uh well that's i mean that's terrible spud that, that, that you should not be rigging elections uh, with your toxic masculinity uh, uh, because of your close connections to the people who run them. Uh, it's very in right now. It is very in. And you did bring up Gutfeld, um, right. uh, who I assume did that exact same thing. Um, uh, okay. Well, um, well Spud, uh, I, I do see how struggling in an audience is a problem for you overall, but I got to say you have succeeded. You do keep getting renewed. I'm not quite sure what, what you're wor so worried about. You seem like you have carved out your niche. I suppose it's just that I feel like a fish out of water anytime that I go into the ESPN offices. You know, everybody wants to talk about the latest baseball game or football game or, you know, there are other sports, I'm sure. And, you know, I, I want to sure relate to them. But then when I, when I come to them and I say, you know, uh, hey, how about instead of soccer, we talk about the Will Ferrell classic kicking and screaming. Uh, they seem deeply uninterested. Um, and so then I am just forced to retreat to my cubicle. So, you know, even if the audience may enjoy what we're doing or at the very least is successfully falling asleep to it, I find that uh, I don't get the respect that I feel I deserve from my colleagues for it's the hard work that we put in. It's a lonely existence. I've, I've seen some behind-the-scenes footage of uh, the ESPN offices, and it does seem like a tough place to work where mascots are constantly doing exactly what you'd expect that mascot to be doing, but in a big kind of comical way. Of course. Um, uh, a lot of the anchors uh, are, are, are saying jokes to each other that feel very inside. And, yeah, if you're only in your tight little cubicle, I can see how it would be a – a, a, a contrast for you. Have you ever thought about Spud? Have you ever thought about like having a partner? Have you ever thought about having like a, an, a, a roper to your Ebert? Have you ever thought about bouncing off another person, turning the show into more of an around the horn and ESPN reference, if you will, of, 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 of panels and, and, and bouncing off with somebody else? Would that help Spud? If you had a little more camaraderie, somebody else in the office you felt like was in it for you? You know, this is a brilliant idea. And I'll tell you what, I have been advocating for it since I came to ESPN, uh, but 
as of right now, you know, Disney's been in a tough financial spot lately, or at least that's what they've been telling me. And they say they cannot afford the $60,000 a year it would cost to pay my co-host in order to uh, engage in this kind of banter. Because absolutely, you know, I would love a, uh, a Combs to my Hannity, someone that I can just steamroll over uh as i state my opinions and they try to back you know uh, try to like uh combat me um but i just you know roll them over or you know i I get into a crossfire situation where everybody has the exact opposite opinion on the film as me and that Mm. creates conflict and tension uh that would also be a beautiful thing but unfortunately it seems like the funding does not seem to be there even though i have submitted you know many many lists of of people uh, that I would love to see. Uh, Ooh, who's your with. Who's your dream number one? Who's number one on that dream list? Uh, if you could have a partner, but obviously you can't. Well, uh, for some reason, the name that's popping into my head is author Roxanne Gay. I think that author Roxanne Gay probably has the exact opposite energy as me. And I think probably would call me out on all kinds of my shit. So, you know, I think that could create for some very entertaining. That would be more in the crossfire mode right. of, you know, constant uh, bickering of one to the other. And then in terms of someone that I could steamroll over, probably one of these like TikTok movie critics like Straw Hat Goofy or mm. whoever else that, you know, just really just talks about how great the next Marvel movie is mm. going to be. Oh, um, I, those people I think I could talk. You know about. what might be nice for corporate synergy? Michael Strahan, get him in there. He's already doing the morning show. Let him do the night show. Just have Strahan on all the time. He's a professional. He'd bring up the quality of everything. And he's so nice. I'm sure you could steamroll over him. It's not like he's like a, you know, a big, scary athlete who sacks quarterbacks or anything, you know? Well, you know, I you've, you've touched upon a nerve here because uh, Michael Strahan is, you know, it's, it's sort of a... Well, it's like Syndrome in the Incredibles uh, to his Mr. Incredible. I have been a longtime fan. You really of are Michael a cinema Strahan. buff. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. Really well, I'm, I'm going through all of these prestige films like Kicking and Screaming in the Incredibles. Uh, but yes, when I uh, was a young man, uh, I, I uh, around eight, nine years old, uh, I dressed up in a suit like Michael Strahan. And I said, please bring me on to your morning show. Um, I can co-host with the best of them. Uh, get rid of uh was it kelly ripa uh kelly ripa you can kick to the curb and i'll happily uh co-host with you and he said kid you know you're not ready and that that enraged me and i i pledged that i would one day do what michael strahan does um, i was i was gonna kidnap all uh actually talk hosts talk show hosts uh, in the mode of syndrome, uh, that's eventually the plan is to get them all in my um evil lair oh that that i mean that's terrifying that that's but that is that is i've never had somebody unveil an evil criminal plot to kidnap a mass amount of people in my office and i've had a lot of wackos in here uh that's terrifying i was just going to ask if that's why you have the big gap between your teeth but you're actually you're actually going to kidnap a bunch of sportscasters that's right well again it was i started off trying to imitate michael strahan and uh since he refused uh ultimately uh to let me become uh Michael Strayboy, uh, I did in fact uh, decide. All right, if I can't do this, then I then I don't believe anybody should be able to. Um, so yeah. So ultimately, the idea is to uh, well, you know, if if they're willing to enter my evil lair willingly, um, I I think that that could also work. Um, but yes, if push comes to shove, I will have to kidnap people. You think uh, people are gonna be willing? 
you think people are just going to want to wander into your evil lair? Well, first of all, describing it as an evil lair, I think, is going to be a right. turnoff. I'm That's just telling so you, Spud. True. Yeah, I will. I will have to rebrand it uh, because you know, much as my parent company uh, rebranded themselves as Lake Buena Vista in purchasing all that land in Florida to to have Disney World, I too will have to rebrand myself, mm. and that will be uh, quite the the feat that I will have to do. Um, but I do believe that some people will come willingly. If you look at Jimmy Fallon, he seems to be in a trap of his own making right now on that television program. It, it feels like he is already in an evil lair, uh, just being forced to continue churning out monologue jokes, etc. Oh, I say, wouldn't it be a more peaceful existence for him to be among other talk show hosts on a beautiful island where he has hundreds of feet of wiggle room uh, to wander around in? Um, I think that for some of these hosts who are in these long-term contracts repeating the same day over and over again they are already in a sort of prison and i believe i could offer them a uh, a better one right 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 the, the the metaphorical like carpool karaoke prison you think he's driving around being free and singing a song and then later you see a picture of a tow truck and his sad little car standing still as he's being uh, 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 moved around forcibly and not actually driving. Yes, and I believe that what will happen here is that uh, instead of— I believe that people are happier when they are uh, within— uh, the circumstances that they have assented to, you know, they know exactly what they're doing and they have accepted it. So people think, oh, I'm going to host a late night talk show or any talk show. I'm going to become friends with all the celebrities that I meet. You know, I'm going to sort of become a purveyor of pop culture. I'm going to become Johnny Carson. Well, that those days are over. Now, you know, your audience is smaller. Your uh, impact is less. Um, and nobody holds that kind of influence. Why not just go from 1% of what you thought you'd be to zero, wow. um, and you'll be much more at peace. Wow. You, you describe this as a, as a syndrome scenario. I have to say, it's also reminded me of another uh, prestige film that I saw. Uh, you're kind of also a monster. You're, you're kind of you kind of want to capture all of the Looney Tunes in this case, oh, in this case, talk show hosts and make them perform for you endlessly on a loop on your island. Yes, that's absolutely true. And um, I have been told that my level of impact on ESPN is similar to that of the Monstars on the overall Looney Tunes universe. You know, I came in thinking this is just my first show and I'm going to have so many more memorable appearances. And like the Monstars, I have been sort of confined to this cult-like status. Mm. Um, and yeah, I can't take it anymore. I, I think that um, it's important to do this. And by the way, you know, I was very disappointed to see that when they made the new Space Jam movie, they did not bring back the Monstars. I took that as a personal insult. Instead, they've got, what's his name? Algae Rhythm? You didn't think Algae Rhythm? War Machine shows up, and he's, you know, the one. And there's not even an acknowledgement that the Monstars even existed. I, I took that to mean very bad things for my future. I'm sure I did want Danny DeVito to come back at the very least, whatever, whatever his guy was. He wasn't a monster, but he, you know, ran the monsters, I guess. Well, um, Bill Murray, you know, he's if you put a camera in front of him, you know, find him. You know, he'll be wandering the streets, you know, just like showing up places and like, uh, you know, doing anything from wacky to creepy uh, activities. Just find him and put a camera on him and put yeah. him in a green screen and bring him back. I, I have I have a feeling that Bill Murray saw the movie Wedding Crashers and thought I could do that. <laughs> I think Bill Murray saw Wedding Crashers and wanted to make that his reality as close as possible. Wedding and he, Crashers and 
definitely underrated, definitely snubbed in various categories, that's for sure. Um, but yes, I do believe that's it. Also, Wayne Knight, one of our finest people. Uh, Wayne Knight. <laughs> one of our I'm, finest people. That's a I'm, broad statement to make about Wayne Knight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I kind of have started to fall into uh, a different rhythm than I intended to no, you, uh, in, no, in you, describing Wayne Knight. You have to have um, strong opinions. You you have this 215 slot. You got to come in with a hard Wayne Knight is one of our best people. Yes, but but Wayne Knight, uh, an incredible talent, uh, someone who needs to be recruited um, into more films these days. He was such a ringer on Seinfeld and Space Jam and Jurassic Park. And, you know, I thought that that would just keep going up. But we have not seen the man in quite some time. I'm getting concerned. I got to say, I thought he was great in The Dark Knight. The, the Dark Knight, right. The, the... I thought he was so, he, he was, he was, this guy. I couldn't tell that that was his voice. You know, I could right. only really see his chin. But I was like, man, well, Wayne Knight has really transformed himself. Well, and didn't uh, the Green Knight was also a recent <laughs> Knight uh, Wayne in... Knight uh, extravaganza uh, that, you know, again, he completely transformed himself. Uh, even uh, the tabloids were saying, oh, what was it? Dev Patel uh, was, was yep. in that film. Uh, well, you know, that's what you think. Uh, but that was just, you know, Wayne Knight deep into character. Wayne Knight and, and just the, chopped... It was right in front of us. Well, right Wayne Knight chopped off Dev Patel's head. I saw the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I I, I actually missed uh, the Green Knight. Unfortunately, I was too focused on my Coda Power of the Dog fan fiction. Uh, yeah, you were really into that. that in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, someone call that Slash. What you wrote, by the way, just just for the record. I don't know if you're familiar, but wait, what called it you, Slash? Your your the version of fan fiction that you wrote about Power of the Dog and Coda. Most people would call that slash. I'm saying it's pornographic is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, I see. Absolutely. It, it well, was it, very... it, it wasn't a big leap because there's fucking in both movies, uh, or at least there's tension in one mo- movie that reminds you of fucking. In Coda, there's actual sex. So, like, yeah, it wasn't that much extra work. I, I, I haven't seen it, but somehow people didn't talk about the sex scene from Coda as much as as much as uh, uh, you would have thought. Uh, okay. The parents are deeply in love, and she's uh, the daughter's embarrassed, and the parents are deeply in love, and it's quite the source of tension. I encourage it. Oh, oh, there's okay. So the oh, that's a, a plot of the. I could see how hearing things uh, 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 could lead to sex. Literally, so you know, and I'd love to just talk about Coda for the okay, rest of go this for session, it, but you know to. what. Uh, but, uh, so, so the tension is, uh, obviously Coda, child of deaf adults. She's the only hearing, uh, person in the family. Her parents are not hearing and her parents still, still have a spark and a fire and a passion for one another. So there is a scene where they are having sex and of course they don't know how loud that they're being. And so she is forced to, you know, hear it from the other side of the house. I think she has a friend over and she's, or someone she has a crush on. Wayne Knight, right? Well, yeah, Wayne Knight. (laughs) Who plays what appears to be a heartthrob teenager, but it's just another one of those really deep in character uh, roles. He's so uh, good. So, yeah, so that's He's what so I'm good. talking about. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that makes total sense. Uh, you know, I I wanted to see Coda, and then my mom said I just bought Coda through Apple, and so now you have it for free. And something about having it for free and knowing I could access it repelled me from ever watching it you know i think i needed the forbidden nature of like how am i going to see this thing and when it was just kind of served up to me on a silver platter i was like eh, no thank you we'll see i think that that you know and i i hate to turn the tables here and turn this into an interrogation of your internal self but you know to me that seems like it says something i mean do you think that it has to do more with the fact that it was free and just handed to you and that you felt you needed to earn it? Or was there also the fact that your very mother was the one who sent you, who who gave you this access? You know, did you want to deny 
uh, her providing for you? Uh, 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 pro- probably the latter. Uh, uh, probably a little bit the latter. I feel, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, therapy makes me a good amount of money, and I do overcharge for my sessions. But um, uh, uh, news to me. <laughs> oh, Spud, I, I, you should know. Yeah, uh, uh, fifteen hundred dollars a session is too much, but I really do appreciate it. And you do have that ESPN money, so I don't feel too bad about it. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, th- there is a part of me that says like uh, I, I want to have my own independence from mama i don't want to feel like everything has been bought by her and you know i do live in an apartment that she has uh, very nicely paid for 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 the most part uh and so um uh there's like uh i can't i can't take too much you know uh uh, uh i should uh i should really have my own independence and, and pay for my own things and uh, and then i just don't and then i still don't see coda well you know uh, some people would say that you know watching a copy of Coda that she already purchased for herself is far less egregious than living on her dime. But, you know, we don't really need to talk about that uh, too much. Um, I also had one more question to interrogate you about this. Sure. You know, we've been in this in these sessions for quite some time. Sure. And uh, I feel I've learned so little about you. And, you know, in part because my job is to talk at ceaselessly and endlessly about my own thoughts and opinions. So this sure. is actually a pretty good match. This is the most um, I've spoken in any session we've had, actually, which I'm proud of. Well, and, you know, I'm already regretting it, but uh, I, I'm looking at this uh, Zoom window and I'm seeing Ian Aaron, CTWROS. Oh, yes, is... I forgot. When you entered my office, I opened up my computer to my Zoom window. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you did. Thank uh, you for noticing, yes. That, that, that's right. Uh, and you know, just had it open and blatantly there. And yep. Well, by the way, you know, if, if, I don't know if anyone is seeing this, uh, but in fact, the two sides of your room look very, very different. Uh, you know, there's like a brown door <laughs> behind me, um, mm-hmm. and there seems to be either a white door or no door. It looks like a white door behind you. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I can't. I could move just to look and see what it is, but I'm just oh, focusing sure. on what's oh, in I'll frame. Tell you, in the, I'll move a little bit just so you can see the recurring uh, uh, three-dimensional Baywatch poster of David Hasselhoff. Oh, uh, nice. That's you a can gorgeous. See, yeah, if you move, it moves. See? Isn't that cool? Um, right. uh, and you may also see at various points the uh, the uh, office stray dog uh, bouncing around. Uh, that That's just things on my side. But you're right. Your side is more bare bones, just kind of a, a light switch. Uh, uh, I, I think I've said this before, but it looks at any moment that you're going to be killed um well you know uh i may have disney money but i also have disney surveillance uh so i have to be careful at all times and you know i try not to get too attached to this life uh knowing uh, that they have so much control over it uh so that is that is i try not to get too attached to this life that is depressing spud that is a very depressing thing to say well let's change the subject right yes okay well uh uh spud i'm glad you bring it up i am a creative thinker who rents office space and that's what qualifies me to be a therapist you see i i think creatively and i can afford office space in downtown manhattan Wow. I mean, I do think that uh, if you look at the trends of who is a therapist, uh, that that's actually much more accurate than whatever those other uh, degrees uh, stand for. Thank you. Uh, uh, True stories, bud. I feel a little bit about sharing this, uh, especially if she listens. Uh, But, uh, you know, I had a recent uh, chance encounter with somebody who was getting their MSW. And she was the most miserable person I think I've ever spoken to. and miserable an, and, and again i don't want to dig into it if you don't want to get in trouble but miserable in the sense of i'm unhappy or miserable in terms of i am unpleasant to be around oh all of the above um 
in, in every way possible. And goddamn, I wish I had not have shared the name of my uh, uh, podcast with her. Uh, but uh, hopefully she will just not listen. Uh, uh, I am but- very confident that like most podcasts being pitched to most people in Chance Encounters, that she will not listen to the podcast. So I think you're going to do just fine. I certainly hope so. But it really was a uh, an eye-opener to, to go meet this person who's studying to be an MSW and realize that um, – Boy, oh boy, they are struggling. And how are they going to help somebody else? Um, Well, and that means that she is probably an abysmal listener, which is another good sign that she will not listen to the podcast. Uh, And in fact, perhaps not even remember the name of the podcast seconds after you said it to her. I I certainly hope the fact that I have not texted her is an indication that we will not have much interaction uh, further than this. Um, uh, But I did consider it because she was cute. And uh, that is a problem of toxic masculinity, as we're both familiar with. Um, You know, you call it a problem. I call it a solution. How so? How is that a solution, Spud? Uh, I'd love to hear more about that. First of all, what's your romantic? I've never asked about your personal life because we get so caught up in your work. Are you seeing anyone? Or have you been married before? Do you have children? What's going on at home, Spud? Well, the show, of course, is live at 2.15 in the morning. Uh, it is not live to tape. It is live, you know, and that is because who knows what updates could be happening in award season between midnight and 2 a.m. <laughs> uh, that I may need to report on breaking news. So I have a full work day before 2.15 a.m., uh, which means that I come in at about 6 p.m. Uh, I go until 2.15, you know. I, and you and mentioned, the shows, you mentioned it's yeah. 2.15 in every time zone. So you record at 2.15 on the East Coast, and then you immediately run to the central time zone when you record that, 2.15 over there. Yes, that's right. Uh, I have to keep doing it until we have reached uh, the, the well, it used to be just uh, the West Coast, but then the people of Hawaii and Alaska were not getting the award season commentary that they needed. And I believe Alaska... Or Hawaii, they're both like seven or eight hours uh, later. So I have a full work day <laughs> preparing for the shows. And then I have a full work day of doing, you know, East Coast, then Central, then Mountain, then uh, Pacific, then Alaska time, and then Hawaii time. Mm-hmm. So I've got a full seven or eight hours uh, where I am just chained to the live commentary. Well, let's not forget uh, Guam. Room. That's right, of course. Well, the territories, they often get left out in award season coverage. And I know, you know, that the that the people of Guam want to hear my thoughts on how Philomena was snubbed and did not get more nominations 10 years ago. Uh, so uh, certainly uh, I have to do that for them. So by the time it's all said and done, I have spent 16 hours um, at ESPN headquarters. At that point, if I commuted home, I would not get the full eight hours of sleep that I need. So I just crawl right under my desk, go to sleep and do it all again all the next day. Okay, so so needless to say, that makes a personal life difficult. It does. Uh, I have tried, tried as I might, to schedule dates during live tapings of the show. Um, and uh, so far, very few people have bitten. And I've also figured, you know, if I could get someone to go on a date with me on the show, oh my dates are typically very combative, which would make for great television. I was going to say, uh, Roxane Gay, look out. Because it sounds right. like you are looking for more than just a partner. Maybe looking for a love connection, Roxanne Gay. I well, I you know, and it's I, I believe, as I recall, uh, that her uh, settings uh, would not allow for uh, someone of my gender slash sexuality to even show up on her feed. But try try as I might, uh, I, I I continue to push for this. Uh, I just want to be in the same room with her. Uh, we can make it completely on her terms. Um, but I feel she needs to hear the things that I have to say. Is ultimately the point. 
Okay. All right. Uh, okay. So, so dating is hard. You're not going to break through the Roxanne gay because of, uh, uh, restrictions of the world. First of all, that sounds like an award-winning movie right there. Right. Roxanne yes. gay doesn't seem like she would want to date a, a, a man, certainly less a, a toxic, toxic masculinity man. And yet yeah. here is this toxic masculinity man. And Oh no, your dogs bump into each other at the dog park. Yes. And well, and that would be great because, and it would follow that age old romantic comedy trope that I am strongly in support of where there's a reasonable woman and an insane man and the reasonable woman changes over the course of the arc of the film to love this man. And he changes maybe like 1%, uh, and you know, gets the girl that, that I like that. I wish we had more of that. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Spud, I do think maybe, Oh, maybe that's part of it, but maybe you're spending so much of your life in movies that you then struggle to realize what the real world is actually like. Does that does that feel true? Did that feel like it, it hit close to home at all? Well, you know, I mean, I will say that uh, there again, because I spend so much time inside of ESPN headquarters, it really is. You know, like the film Room starring Brie Larson, you know, I wake up and I have a very limited space that I can travel through and I have very little understanding of the outside world. Uh, so, yes, one day I would like to escape in the bed of a truck and look out and see the sky for the first time. Uh, that would be a beautiful thing. You've never seen the sky. Well, for the first, in my case, for a very, very long time. I was not born time. in the ESPN headquarters, uh, but I was very quickly taken there by Disney lawyers in order to be genetically engineered to be the perfect... Uh, oh, you were uh, genetically engineered? I didn't know that. After birth, which is unusual. <laughs> um, but yes, I was genetically engineered in order to become the perfect specimen uh, to give a sports-like award season commentary. Wow. That's right. I, I didn't see – There, I feel like there was a Will Smith movie close to that, but I didn't see it, and I can't pull the name of it. Is it – is that – it's not Gemini Man, is Maybe it? it was, yes. Well, you, you're sort of been turned into a Gemini Man. Well, and I believe also in Gemini Man that he meets a younger version of himself that's been, like, cloned and, like, you mm. know, tweaked. Um, and, you know, I think they have to fight at some point. And, of course, they know each other's moves, so it makes for, right. you know, some interesting conflict. Right. I'm glad we hit the, all the uh, Will Smith Award season news. Um, uh, <laughs> that's right. That's all that we need to talk, especially as it relates to toxic masculinity. That's all I remember about toxic masculinity and Will Smith and award shows was Gemini Man. That's right. Um, snubbed. 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 Uh, so snubbed. Uh, okay. Will Smith for best actor and Will Smith for best supporting actor. Those two were some of the biggest snubs. I think he actually I think he actually got a, a, a best actor recently. I, I can't be exactly sure, but I think he actually did all right. And wasn't that a sports movie, Spud? Uh, and, we, and you yes. brought this up earlier because you talked about trying to bond in the office and you said you keep bringing up kicking and screaming. I think that one may be hard because it's not about professional sports. But sure. if you brought up something like King Richard or um, uh, uh, oh God, what was the Billy Bean? Um, uh, the oh, Oakland Moneyball. Yeah, Moneyball. Yeah, if you brought up movies about actual sports, maybe that's a way for you to bond and maybe even date in the office. Maybe you could get a, you know, get a nice date with like Amina Kimes type. I think she's married, but right. Amina Kimes type uh, uh, would be a good person for you to pick up with uh, some lines about Moneyball around the office, maybe, Spud. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and I have uh, done my best to try to find the sports angle in every movie uh, that I talk about, um, even the ones that are not about sports, uh, because I do think that, you know, 
Like when I saw uh, the two popes, uh, those those two popes, you know, it, it kind of, I tried to find a way to say, well, it's sort of like when the Mets were first introduced uh, to New York and there were suddenly two competing New York sports teams, you know, I tried my best to tie it together. How'd that and, go? You know, uh, much like uh, the people that I'm going to keep in my chambers, uh, the metaphor was tortured uh, and it was not really uh, uh taken very well i did I move say. on from that quickly just because i i i'm concerned about the consequences of you keeping uh, all the sportscasters on an island for your own amusement uh, right. uh but that is still a concern for me i do i do want to call that a we'll call it a yellow flag maybe not a red flag but we'll definitely and call the it a office yellow dog flag. has made his his or her appearance you've finally uh, seen him yeah it's a heat that's right uh, uh, you can probably see the singe marks of where I had him put out a fire a couple of sessions ago. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it gets wow, crazy in here. It's good. See, at least you have a sidekick. Uh, you know, I haven't actually tested. Perhaps I could be debating with, uh, an, an one of our fuzzy friends from the animal kingdom. Uh, that could be a good way. I could definitely steamroll over an animal. Uh, if I made that, did my you have, did you feel show. you needed to brand animals by calling them fuzzy friends? Was that like a, <laughs> was that a show technique that you were using? Well, you know, in journalism, you're never allowed to repeat the same descriptor twice. So I do have to say to our fluffy compadres uh, that they are more than welcome on my program. I, 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 you know, now that I think about it, you haven't used the same word twice in this session. I'm sure that checks out. You haven't said the same thing ever twice. Uh, okay. Um, well, Spud, you certainly do have a lot going on. Um, I do wonder, maybe the best thing to do for now is just kind of reset your brain a little bit, get you away from thinking about kidnapping your colleagues and forcing your toxic masculinity on somebody who doesn't want to date a straight man. Um, maybe the thing to do is just dive into a meditation. Would, would that be helpful, Spud? Would you be willing to do that with me here? Let's get ready to meditate! <laughs> Uh, that's not, not, not a meditative, uh, uh, phrase, but, uh, I appreciate the effort, Spud. You're doing your best. You're, you're certainly doing your best. <clears throat> uh, so Spud, uh, uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> this is my black friend's meditation. Um, so <laughs> isn't that nice to hear? Um, okay. uh, but yeah, this is a meditation from my black friend. All right. <clears throat> and, uh, Spud, if you would just listen to the sound of my voice as I count back from three, two, one, Spud, picture yourself hiking down a long and lonesome road. All of a sudden, there shines a shiny demon in the middle of the road. And he speaks to you. Meditate. Harder than any other man in the world, or I'll eat your soul. And you clear the thoughts that come to your head, and it just so happens to be that this is the best meditation in the world. This is the best meditation in the world. You look into the demon's eyes, and it's easy to see one and one makes two, two and one makes three. This is destiny. Once every hundred thousand years or so, when the sun doth shine and the moon doth glow and the grass doth grow. Now, Spud, I have to confess, this is not the greatest meditative moment in the world. No, this is just a tribute. 
you couldn't remember the concept of achieving the greatest meditation in the world, all right? This is just a tribute to the greatest meditation in the world, all right? Good God, you gotta love it. I'm so surprised to find you can't stop it. And three, we're coming out of the meditation now, Spud. Two, just a matter of opinion. And one, and you're back with me, Spud. How are you feeling? How was that for you? Tenacious CTWROS uh, is what I call you. And boy, oh boy, did you deliver Thank on you. that incredible meditation. You know, we've witnessed a lot of meditations over the years, but none quite like this one. And that's a beautiful thing that Thank we're you. witnessing here tonight. Thank you so much, but I, I really do appreciate that. You know, I, I, I also appreciate that you brought like a sports angle to the meditation at the very end. I didn't ask you before, were you passionate about sports first or were you passionate about uh, cinema and movies first? How did you... Uh, uh, what, what did you? What's the skill that you had to build, and what came organically to you, Spud? Well, as you know, I was raised in the enclaves of the ESPN offices. So much as someone, you know, you may grow up in Texas or some other region, uh, but if you watch a lot of television, you'll end up having that sort of vague Californian American accent uh, as the way that you speak. Well, for me, it was limited exclusively to the Keith Olbermans of the world, just kind of in this permanent gravelly voice. So my sentence structure is very similar to a sportscaster. But I truly do not care about a single sport. I only care about the wonderful world of the magic of Hollywood uh, because that is what I was naturally inclined to do. So you think about nature and nurture. They came into a, a, a cataclysmic clash uh, and they formed me over the years. It did occur to me right after I asked the question, I completely blacked out when you said that you were genetically modified to be this way. And that kind of answers everything I just asked. Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Well, uh, good to know, Spud. Uh, you know, I do have a, a number of other concerns. I just want to, before, I do want to leave you with a quick, uh, just two minute survey about how I did today and how our therapy session was for you. But before I do that, I just want to make sure any other hanging threads in your life that you feel like I haven't resolved, or is there anything else that you feel that you really need to get out today uh, while you're here? You know, I'm already heartbroken in advance that everything everywhere all at once is almost certainly going to be snubbed in next year's uh, Oscars. And, you know, as someone who spends all of my life hanging on these threads, I'm trying to figure out how can I stop being so emotionally invested in what the Academy of Arts and Sciences, uh, the choices that they make, because it really ruins me every year. Uh, Spud, you ever get high? <laughs> Hell yeah, King. Oh, damn. I was hoping if you'd never been high before, we'd just get you stoned and you'd be more relaxed. But apparently... But maybe I just need to be high a whole lot more. Mm. That seems like a pretty uh, actionable and uh, pretty uh, easy. As a CTW ROS, are you licensed to uh, prescribe me, uh, you know, uh, weed and such? No, not at all, but I'll definitely sell you some in the alley. Um, okay, but great. No well, then we have problem one. solved. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, so I'll tell you, you know what I like about you? Go ahead. Other therapists are too big of wusses. They're too big cowards to offer solutions. I say, what should I do? And they say, I'm not really supposed to offer solutions. You never hesitate to offer a simple uh, solution to all of my complicated Thank problems. You. Thank you so much. I, I think I think of myself as a solution-oriented man. Let me also just think about how to solve your love life just in the last second before I head out and leave you with this survey. Sure uh, you know, uh, uh, in terms of love life, what I always recommend is, is you use a, a cuck-based product. Have you ever used a cuck cave, Spud? 
I truly do not know what that a is. A cut cave. Oh, uh, uh, gosh. Well, uh, since I brought it up organically, uh, uh, a cut cave is just a, a simple product that you uh, you hide out in a cave uh, because you're a bit of an animal and you watch your partner get railed by uh, a dozen people they just met at the laundromat or something. Uh, so, uh, you know, cut cave, wherever you buy your cut products, uh, go ahead and uh, tie yourself to a stalagmite and uh, uh, just barely uh, peek one eye out of the cave as you look and see uh, 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 the person person you love uh, engaged in physical uh, uh, congress with uh, 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 random dudes. Well, the tragedy of cuckery is that it requires you to have a partner in the first place. So That's I will need to work on that before I can get my sick desires uh, to be fully fulfilled. Uh, That's true. But I will keep that in mind. That's true. I, I, and I'm sorry to describe a scene from Coda to you. Uh, but Well, you know, that's one of the less talked about scenes in Coda, but it is no less important to the dramatic arc of the story. Most people say that the best part of the movie is when she sings to her father and puts her hand on his chest so that he can feel the vibrations of her song. Most, that moves most people to tears, but the cuck scene... That is what really got me hooked on the uh, Cut Cave. Cutcave.com, wherever you get your cut products. Cut Cave. Uh, sorry, just an automated response I have when I bring up things like that. Uh, okay, well, uh, thank you so much, Spud. I am going to actually exit the office. I'll meet you in the alley to sell you some weed. I'm just going to leave you alone in the office with the dog, and he's going to hit the button to activate the two-minute survey, okay? Thank you, Spud. Absolutely. All right. Good to see you. Welcome to the automated survey of Ian's therapy. Did you enjoy your therapy today? Yes. Do you think Ian is a handsome therapist? Signs point to yes. Is Ian a snack? Ask again later. Can Ian get it? It is unclear. On a scale of one to five, how much would you say Ian can get it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very likely. Is Ian a snack? Five. <laughs> Who is your hottest and most single friend? Michael Strahan. Are you interested in purchasing a cut cave today? <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, 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 I am. Quick note to self. Boy, oh boy, I've fallen for the humorist Chandler Dean. That guy is so funny. He comes up with such thoughtful, creative think pieces and uh, uh, comedy stylings and muses. You can follow him and check out his shows anywhere you are on social media at Chandler J. Dean. Chandler is also apparently a colleague of Spud Favreau's. Isn't that cool? I guess they meet in the, the break room at ESPN or something. Wouldn't think of those two as friends because Spud is such a, a toxic, masculine, terrible supervillain, and Chandler is such a sweet, lovely man. Oh, well, they get along, I guess. It takes all sorts. Shout out to Aaron Harland at ERHarland, AaronHarland.com. Check her out on Spotify, Bandcamp, anywhere you find music. She makes incredible podcast theme songs and cover art, I'm told. Thanks to Jason Shaw and Audionautics.com for the use of the meditation music. Thrilled to have Nick Rockwell on board helping out producing the show. Thank you, Nick, for all you do. Be sure you follow at SigmundFrontPod on Instagram for behind-the-scenes photos of me and my guests. Especially if you want to know why the humor was so funny of our backgrounds looking so differently, 
you will see exactly what we're talking about if you check out at Sigmund Fraud Pod on Instagram. All right, Ian, you got really good survey results today. Let's just not screw anything up. Let's make sure that this session stays private and isn't released as a podcast. Good. I think this button over here should do it. <laughs>